This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment right. It's time to get locked and loaded with two full hours of Gun Sports Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Lance Palkey, and Michael Schwartz, will teach you anything and everything there is to know about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your American right to own and bear arms. Visit GunSportsRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor and or guest of the show. Now, here's your hosts, Dave, Lance, and Michael. All right, folks, welcome to Gun Sports Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, look for our shows on your favorite podcast platform. It's simple at gunsportsradio.com. That's gunsportsradio.com. And please remember, stick around for the second hour, because we are a two-hour show now. Hey, and the first hour sponsor is... Our good buddies at Firearms Legal Protection. Firearm Legal Protection is the best legal protection for self-defense, and you can check them out on their website to see why. Go to firearmslegal.com. That's firearmslegal.com. All right. Hey, California assault weapon laws makes it almost impossible to own an AR pattern rifle. What's the solution? Cali Key. It'll convert any mil-spec direct impingement AR platform rifle into a straight pull-bolt action rifle so it can have all the features without being considered an assault weapon. It's a true drop-in solution, no milling, no aesthetic modifications, and no turning off your gas system. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford with Cali Key. Check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. All right. Hey, we've got uh, uh, Lance Pelkey, Michael Schwartz, and Joe Dramisi in the house, the covert blogger. And uh, did you notice uh, Lenny from the Glock store was on KUSI? Yeah, on KUSI. Did a great job. Yeah, thought he did an awesome job. Really did. Yeah. Well, they've been talking a lot about the... uh the ammo situation it was so bizarre it was such a news story mm-hmm. they've been talking about you know okay the judge came out and just crushed prop 63 and said that the ammo registration or ammo uh, background check and registration just absolutely ridiculous and then the next day you know he was he you know they asked him to stay his own execution or stay his own uh, uh decision and then uh and then they he said no and so they they did it for him at 10 o'clock at night so they've been talking a lot about mm-hmm. that Spock talked to me, they talked to John, the attorney, and they talked to Lenny from uh, Glock Store. Right. And they should. And so they should. I mean, it's and, and the more and more you dig into it, a lot of these actions are, are uh, illegal. It, it is. And, and, you know, the reaction by the state and, and uh, well, and particularly the uh, Ninth Circuit was it's just ridiculous. You know, the more people hear about how ridiculous they're being, I think the better. So I'm really well, glad they're doing that. Oh, I, I think they're absolutely phenomenal. And people just need to, and I'm not saying we need to, to revolt, but if they keep pushing and pushing and pushing and they keep getting away with it, getting away with it, getting away with it, they'll just keep pushing. Yeah, and that's not the only there I was I, I don't did you see me qu- quoted in the Times of San Diego last week? No, I haven't read the paper. So, Times of San Diego. Did they get it right? Uh, oh, he got it right. He quoted me verbatim. I got this guy's name's Ken Stone and he, he's a he's an author, uh he's a journalist. Uh, you can't see my air quotes everybody, but he's a journalist with uh, air quotes. 
and known anti-gun guy. And he sent me an email asking me, he said, look, there was somebody made a, um, a statement mm-hmm. about the Second Amendment on their Facebook page. I want to know what, what you think they meant by that. Okay. Like, how, I how, would I, how would I know what this person... And he went on further to say, I asked them what they meant about it, and they said they didn't know what they meant about it. And I'm like, well, how would I know what this person meant? That he didn't know what it meant. Yeah, and, and it, was, it was a lady, and she was actually organizing a protest up in Encinitas and said something like, this is why we have the Second Amendment. It was a very vague, mm-hmm. like, you know... So he wanted to know what I thought, uh, you know, she meant by that. And the question was so disjointed and so convoluted and so ridiculous. Um, I actually repeated it back to him. I said, you want me to tell you what I think she meant by a statement that she came out and said she didn't know what she meant. You know, that's what you're, you're asking me. And I said, Ken, is this your first day on the job? Yeah. I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell your readers that you reached out to me and that I said that this was the stupidest question I've ever been asked by a journalist. And in his article, three or four hours later, he actually put, I reached out to Michael Schwartz from San Diego County Gun Owners. He asked if it was my first day on the job and then said, please tell your readers that, uh, you know, I asked you to put that this is the stupidest question I've ever been asked by a journalist. I thought, wow. You gave him a truthful answer, and he printed it. Oh, there's a first. Huh? <laughs> and the rest of his story, I, 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 we should probably, we should set aside. It would, it would almost be worth it to set aside a couple segments. And read it. And read this article and just ridicule it. At one point in the article, he talks about this lady who's, who's organizing this protest up in NCDs, which, by the way, had nothing to do with guns. She was organizing a protest to open up the beaches. Okay. Had nothing to do with the Second Amendment or guns. And uh, he, at one point in this article about her, he wrote that uh, she was in a 5K a couple years ago and printed what her uh, time was in the 5K. That, oh, there you go. That's it was, a, it was, was it, it accurate? That's a, <laughs> I mean, I'm was waiting accurate. and I'm waiting. That's, a, that's journalism for you. Oh, you know, it was, I, and I missed my opportunity, but since I'm here and I'm in front of the mic, I could bring it back. Yeah. The, um, when we were talking about the ammo stuff uh, a few minutes ago, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the, Judge Benitez wrote that, that very well thought out, just, what, 120 pages? 120 page pages, yeah. And then they find a judge in Hawaii on the Ninth Circuit who just automatically there in 10 minutes just overrules that. Yep. And uh, it's interesting how that works. And like, mm-hmm. like we were saying earlier, I hope people remember this. And that's the kind of stuff I wrote about this week, which we'll talk about right. next hour. But, you know, people, we get, November's coming up. People hey, need to remember this kind of stuff I that's post, going on now. Every yeah. time I see something that's totally stupid, that makes no sense. You send it to Michael. No, <laughs> I don't. He knows. He, he's, he's on the mainstream. All I put on there is just remember this November 3rd. Yeah. Go out and vote. It's true. And don't mail in your ballot. Get off your couch. You've been sitting too long. Go down and drop off your ballot. Well, I hope they do. You know, and you, you see all the people now in Huntington Beach that were out there protesting, uh, you know, the closures and stuff. And, you know, these are beach people. These are typically the Hello? people that elect these why do you think guys they live are doing there? all this. That's why they well, live there. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting. They're unhappy now, unhappy enough to go out in the street and, you know, risk uh, the Being wrath arrested. of, uh, you know, the glorious leader there. And, um, yeah, and uh, so I want to see in, in November, are you going to vote for these guys again? So here's a good one. They're arresting you if you come out of your house to protest, but they're letting criminals out of jail. Well, yeah. And- so you have a better chance 
of being a criminal and getting out because what they want to do is lock you back up in your house. Well, see, and that's blowing up too. And that, that's the part, like I said, I really, I really hope people pay attention to I this. Do too. Um, there was a great um, post, one of the sheriffs, and I can't remember who it was, sheriff or chief of police, um, wrote about uh, this guy that was released. Um, and what he was talking about was the uh, the no bail policy is what he was mm-hmm. writing about. Because uh, he said his officers got called. There was somebody breaking into a car. The officer showed up. They got the guy, and the guy tried to get away in a stolen car that was stolen earlier in the morning. They brought the guy in. Because of the no bail policy, they can't hold him, so they give him a citation let him go. A couple hours later, they get a call from some guy walking through the front yards of houses with a box. Looks looks like he's stealing things. They go there. <laughs> it's the same guy. What? They arrest yeah. him. This is my shock face. Stuff, and they bring him in. Again, because of the no bail policy, they can't keep him. They write him a citation, let him go. Three or four hours later, they get called again um, for a guy trying to steal a car. This guy actually runs in the car. They track him down or chase him down. When they finally get him, it's the same guy. They bring him in. He said three times they can't hold him because of the no bail uh, policy that's out there now. So three times in a row in a day, uh, a citation, and he's back out there. How, and that, that's what's going on. How in the world? It just makes well, I'm not, there's no upside to this, but I'll tell you, after this, uh, and we're almost we're almost to, to the point where um, I can start pointing this out, but I'm, I'm going to make a list of politicians that were called upon and either came through for us or didn't. Absolutely. Because there's some politicians whose medal was tested and, and they, 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 failed. They, they failed. Yeah, failed miserably. So stay miserably. tuned for that article. Yeah, but... Uh, but I also think, I think we should, by the way, I think San Diego County Gunner, I think we should start making T-shirts. And on the back it says, is this your first day, Ken? I want to try to... I want to try to coin that phrase. Oh, yeah, the problem is that you'll give that guy more publicity than he should like have. That than There's something had. to be said for that, too. Well, it's just, it, and it doesn't seem to be getting any better. I mean, from a political standpoint, I know the virus is working its way out and we're going to get out to the other end of that. But the politicians are just really making them, I mean, they're really showing their colors, like you said. They are, so, they are. but some of the colors, you know, our friend out in Coronado, Richard Bailey, oh. doing a great job. Brian, uh, Senator Brian Jones is uh, doing a great job, and he's going to have some announcements coming up. Um, but then there are some that aren't. We asked uh, the, the mayor up in San Marcos, Rebecca Jones, we asked her for help when they were trying to shut down gun shops. Nope, she wouldn't help. No. Diane Jacob. Nope. She, she, nope, she wouldn't help. Um but uh, guys like uh, Jim Desmond on the County Board of Supervisors and Kristen Gaspar on the County Board of Supervisors doing great. So, you know, remember it in November. And it, maybe, right. it might not even be this November. It might be a November two or four years from now, but let's remember. All right. All right. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. Right here on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Folks, hey, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Sports Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, what's the best defense for self-defense of those horrible new red flag laws here in lovely California and probably to other states soon? Well, that'd be firearms legal protection. Mike Lance, Joe, and I use them. Firearms legal protection is a legal defense program for lawful gun owners with a 24-7 emergency hotline and a plan designed specifically for the firearms owner. 
talk to the good folks at Firearms Legal Protection today. That's Firearms Legal Protection at FirearmsLegal.com. Or you can call them at 469-310-9100. 469-310-9100. That's FirearmsLegal.com. Remember, gun owners be ready with a lawyer in your corner. Hey, guess what? The refi bell is still ringing. So home mortgage interest rates have dropped to a historic low. And if you're looking to buy a refi or if you're considering a reverse mortgage, call our local mortgage guy that you can trust. That's Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage for nearly 25 years. Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Call Chris Wiley at 619-722-1303 or primeres.com backslash alpine. All right, who you got for special guests? We have a very cool special guest. Um, we have uh, Dennis Tuller, who is he's he's a firearms trainer and expert, and he's one of those guys. I think he's he's one of the faces on the Mount Rushmore of firearms training. Really, <laughs> and uh, he's best known. He's he's done all kinds of lectures and been a uh, guest on um, uh, instructor at places like like uh, Thunder Ranch and Gunsight and all kinds of really, really uh, prestigious places. Does a lot of training mm-hmm. for law enforcement officers, and he's best known for one principle uh, that he came up with best. That's what he's best known for, and we're going to talk to him about it. Dennis, are you there? I am here. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for being on Gun Sports Radio with us here in lovely, beautiful San Diego. Um, did I introduce you properly? Would you say that that's all fairly accurate? Well, that's very nice, but having my face carved in granite, uh, <laughs> not one of the things that I would expect. Any no, time all right. Well, I, I, listen, I, I think it's uh, well worth it. Okay, so what you're best known for is most people out there um, who've, who've taken any kind of, of training or have uh, owned a gun for any length of time know about the, the 21-foot principle. And basically what that means is that if someone is 21 feet from you, uh, that's the danger zone. Um, so maybe you should, you're, you're, since it's yours, maybe you should best explain what exactly the 21-foot principle is. Okay. Well, and it's actually, like so many things, it's not quite that simple. Uh, it's very frequently referred to as the 21-foot rule, which is a term that I think is uh, particularly poor. Uh there's no specific rule stating how close someone has to be to uh, present a deadly threat. But I'll try to give you the concise background on this. It goes back to um, 1982. I was doing firearms training for the Salt Lake City Police Department and during a training, some training exercises and discussion of use of deadly force, one of the new officers asked a question about, uh, well, when are you justified in shooting someone with a knife or a contact weapon? I mean, they have to be close enough to you to hurt you, so how, at, at what distance uh, have they crossed that line? And after some discussion, I realized that I didn't have a really good answer, so decided to do a little experiment, and uh, we had been drawing and shooting at seven yards. That's a traditional training distance, just about every police training range I've ever been on has a seven yard line, which of course is 21 feet. So uh, I decided, well, we know uh, on average, you know, uh, at seven yards, uh, you can clear the holster and get hits on target in one and a half to two seconds. That's our goal. And so we decided to do some role play and uh, signed one of the recruits to be the uh, 
to represent the bad guy who is going to make the charge and another one to just you know stand in place kind of the deer in the headlights you're startled and frozen and we timed it with stopwatches so when the uh, uh, the role player representing the bad guy uh, started running we started the watch and when they made contact um, he just you know slapped uh, the good guy as he came by we assumed that would be the, the uh, assault and I was very surprised you know when you look at somebody you know seven yards away that seems like a pretty good distance but yeah. uh, the <clears throat> the time though the watches showed it was right in the neighborhood of one and a half seconds and of course we repeated the experiment did it with several other individuals it was very very consistent and uh, that got me to thinking about uh, training or changing some training paradigms that uh, had been pretty locked into our system for years, the idea of actually moving off the line of attack, which was certainly not being taught on firearms training ranges at the time. And, uh, to expand on that, how it ended up um, becoming uh, more well-known is I shared uh, what I had exp- uh, experienced with other firearms trainers. I uh, was very, been very fortunate in my career to have been involved with a lot of good training individuals and entities. And at the time, in addition to being a full-time cop for Salt Lake PD, I was a part-time trainer at Gunsight. And I was at a class at Gunsight uh, not long after doing these experiments and shared it with some of my fellow trainers there. They said, well, that's interesting. I wouldn't have thought that. And uh, the operations officer there at Gunsight at the time, another noteworthy individual in this industry, Chuck Taylor, uh, was uh, also an editor for SWAT magazine. And he encouraged me to write an article, which I did. And it appeared in the March 1983 issue titled How Close is Too Close and talked about a danger zone and how quickly you can draw and hit and if you see the threat in time and move off the line of attack and use distance and obstacles and cover. And over the years, it morphed into the 21-foot rule. But there's, again, there's no specific distance. Right. But it's, and that's where I, that's, uh, frankly, that's where I'd heard of you before I'd heard of you. Uh, Maybe 10, 12 years ago at an IDPA match, um, uh, some folks were talking about that. And there's uh, kind of a common drill that I think most of our listeners have probably even seen or participated in where you have a guy on the line, uh, you know, with his uh, pistol concealed and and you have a guy standing behind him and, and the guy standing behind him starts running, uh, you know. The opposite, right? Yeah, the, away the from the shooter. Or away from the shooter in a safe di- distance. And as soon as he starts running, then you can pull from concealment and see if you can get shots on target before the runner gets to a target or gets to a designated, you know, uh, picks up a flag, whatever. Or the runner will, you know, throw down his hat or, or, or stop as soon as he hears the shot. And yeah. you'll find that most people take uh, one or two more steps after hearing the shot. And then you measure that distance and see if your reaction and response time, your ability to draw and shoot was, uh, you know, how far did that attacker, would that person have actually made it? And was it... Uh, more than seven yards, less than seven yards, uh, you know, a lot of variables. I, I should add, uh, the the way my name got attached to it, another fellow trainer and well-known uh, individual in this industry is Masada Yub, and he and I had had occasion to uh, communicate, and he'd read the article, and 
he actually uh, uh, wrote a much more thorough article several months later. I forget right now which magazine it was in, but he elaborated on it and talked about what he called the Tuller Principle and attached my name to what he calls the Tuller Drill, where he has students actually perform it in a classroom setting where they'll measure off 20 or 21 feet and have each and every student run the distance and time it and you put that in your notes the idea being that if you understand this concept that's part of your mindset when you find yourself defending your, uh, yourself after a use of force incident because uh, as you might imagine the you talked about your experience and a lot of people are very surprised to learn how quickly someone can cover that distance and uh, folks on a jury might look at the the fact situation that well, gosh, the guy you shot he was he was still 15 feet away and he just had a knife and you had a gun. So so th- those two points that you just said that you just <laughs> summed up right there, those are the two most important things about uh, uh, the, the the rule or the principle or, or whatever you know. Uh, yeah. It, the fact that one, I, I think most people, especially you know untrained would uh, see somebody who's 21 feet away and they have a knife, I think that they would feel that that's a safe distance. Realizing that's not necessarily a safe distance is extremely important. But number two, the ability to have some kind of standardized or researched um, you know, facts for a jury are extremely important. If one jury thinks that three feet's okay and another jury thinks that 15 feet is okay, how do you make decisions? You know what I mean? How do you make decisions? Like, you got to have some kind of standard. And thankfully, uh, you've created that standard through, you know, research and, and uh, trial and error. Well, and many, many other good folks have expanded on that. Uh, anybody who wants to learn more, you would do well to uh, check out uh, Dr. Bill Lewinsky and the Force Sciences Institute, uh, where they've uh, done really good documentation and uh, various exercises like this as to how quickly someone can actually produce a gun and fire and uh human reaction and response time and uh, knowledge is power knowledge is power that's excellent so what are you doing now are you are you are you are you still teaching or, or how do you spend most of your time i am i'm a, i work full-time for glock i'm one of their firearms trainers i travel around teaching primarily uh, armor classes uh, and uh, firearms instructor workshops uh, how do we get you down here in the, san diego that sounds glock awesome <laughs> Um, go to GlockTraining.com, and you can see where, although you can't really pick your trainer, and I have a couple of colleagues who uh, also do. I'm uh, I'm still in, in Utah. I, uh, yeah. I did my career in Salt Lake PD. I've bounced around other areas, but we're back in Utah and have been for years. And uh, I we have regional trainers, so they keep me pretty much in the Rocky Mountain West. Um, we have a good staff of uh, Oh, come to and, California. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful come beaches. On, chicken. You just don't want to come into our goofy state. That's you, the problem. You just call Best him burritos. chicken. I, I called him a chicken. He, I, uh, hey, I'm more than 21 feet away from him. I'm good. <laughs> well, and we're all now practicing at least six feet away. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, on the theme. <clears throat> I'm telling you. Hey, you know, it's really been great talking to you, Dennis. Look forward to having you on down the road. I'm sure Mike will bring you back uh, as well. And for folks uh, that would like to find out more, what was the website again? Oh, uh, well, I don't have a website. Uh, You can give the Glock store one out or the Glock company out. Oh, for Glock, it's glocktraining.com. And you can find out where we we do classes all over the country. And uh, we look forward to having 
people host us. Let's all send an email and demand he comes to California. That's right. <laughs> that'll fix it. Yeah, that, yeah that'll fix yeah, <laughs> In fact, nope. I was, uh, when I was invited, I said, you know what, I'm happy to talk about this, the drill and all that other stuff, but, uh, you know, clock's a separate thing, and yep. you know, we'll, I'm not, not a spokesman for them, but thank you for having me, and uh, I, it's always good to be able to clarify some of the uh, misunderstanding that surrounds this. And there is a bucket load of them, let me tell you. All right, buddy, thanks a lot. Be safe and keep your mask on. You guys keep up the good work. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. All right, we're going to take a quick break. But when we come back, there's a whole lot more on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Hi, folks. Welcome back. Gun Sports Radio right here. FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Okay, I heard this. this is, no, I'm not going to bring it up. What? But that was the best excuse I've ever heard. <laughs> That's the best. That's got to go down. Literally breaking his back. Yep. And it just happened. That's all right. It happened. We're only giving a hard time. Hey, folks. Did you know thousands of pandemic panic buyers just found out what San Diego shooters already knew? You got to wait 10 days. <laughs> no, I'm only kidding. Hey, Sport Firearms in El Cajon has the widest selection of guns in the county. They have hundreds of different new and used guns in stock. And everything you could want from an AR-15, whether you're looking for the latest competition rifle, combat pistol, or collectible cowboy iron, you'll find it at A.O. Sword. They are also professional gunsmiths with a full machine shop. They can clean, repair, upgrade, or even customize your gun, including, uh, what do you, how do you say that? Taroque? Cherokee? Cerakote. 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 It's Japanese. To put it down like in dummy letters. Hale <laughs> Sword Firearm is at 929 East Main Street, just off Mollison and El Cajon. Impingement, Dave. Hey, dude, they don't put that Cerakote on a car. Hey, and best of all, they are friendly, informed, and actively supporting your rights. Truly, they'll treat you like family. So see yourself with their legal and technical updates on Facebook and check out aosword.com. AOSword.com, or you can be old school and call them at 619-749-4867. All right, this segment is brought to you by our attorney, John Dillon. If you have any legal issues that involve anything gun-related, call John Dillon. Red flag laws, gun registrations, gun transportation, and storage. Anything gun-related, you better call John first. 760-431-9501. That's 760 760- Four three one nine five zero one. He will break his back defending your rights. That's right. Oh, I like that. That's really good. You know, that's really going to be bad if that's what really happened. I think that's what really like happened. happened. Yeah. Actually, really it happen? wasn't him. It sounded like it was somebody else. No, it wouldn't be him. So, real quick, Dave, Cerakote. Yeah. That's that's. Let's touch on that for just yeah. A let's second. touch on what is a what is. I mean, is it like a coating? <laughs> it is like a coating. It's Cerakote. C E R A K O T E. Cerakote, and okay. it is uh, basically. Is it, is it a protective? It's 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 it really that's not its primary. Uh, actually, it probably is. Honestly, it depends on who you talk to whether that's its primary it, it, function. There's or a not. question for Sam. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
What but was the original use of Cerakote? Why did they? Why are they using that on guns? It's 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 really hardcore, so it is a bit of a protectant. But I think these days, primarily, it's used to make your gun pretty. Ah. So it's it's like it's <laughs> it's painting your gun. You see all those American flags and all that. Oh, okay. You know, oh, camo, yeah. all the camo oh, okay, and all that. I That's gotcha, all Cerakote. Gotcha. Yeah, but it's well, not it's not rattle can. You know, it's no, not. No, spray, no, it's no, it's no. like baked on and yeah, it's high God. high quality and kind of like carbon fiber. You know, people put carbon fiber on their cars. Yeah. And really what carbon fiber for is strength and lightweight. It's not for looks. So it's kind of the same. This is more like graphics. It's more, oh. yeah, it's more, because I guess they have this thin sheet of something. They float in water gotcha. or something like that. And then they, they, they dip the gun in oh, or the part that's in not, that. That's not Cerakote. No? No, no, no. Damn that's it. uh that's not <laughs> I thought it was Cerakote. We should you know what we should do? We should get a Cerakote expert. You had this me is... convinced. <laughs> you had me convinced. No, Cerakote is is basically paint and they actually they, they use temperature. It. They bake it. They bake it on. I thought so you baked it on after you dipped yeah. it. I was yeah. going to say we got a couple of them calling in later today, right? Yeah, so, maybe we should. Uh, okay, well, yeah, let's, David uh, and Sam. Now that we've made know. ourselves look totally <laughs> stupid, let's get the experts in. Well, we'll let's uh, let's talk about something that uh, we do know something. That about? We do know a little something about then, maybe. Oh, the uh, so there was a lawsuit in New York. Uh, you know, New York had a law that basically said you can't take your gun outside of your house. Uh, for any reason other than going to one of the, I think there are seven gun gun ranges in the city of New York, you couldn't even take your gun outside of your house to go to your other house. Um, you, if you did go to the gun range, you couldn't stop at a gas station on the way back. I mean, it was really, really ridiculous. Sure. So they sued, um, worked its way up. During the time it was working its way up to the Supreme Court, they actually went back and changed the law, and they softened it a little bit. Um, so that it was clear that yeah, you could stop at a gun shop, or yeah, you could go to your your uh, your second house. Um, but what ended up happening is this was supposed to be the the big Supreme Court case that said yes, you have the right to bear arms, not just keep, but bear. Because Heller versus DC back in DC or back in two thousand eight said yes, you have the right to keep arms. You, know, you can you can possess them in your house. You have the, that right. But it didn't really address. The right to bear arms. So this was supposed to be that case. The Supreme Court decided not to take it. Uh, how can they do that? Well, so <clears throat> I don't think it says. But how could they pick and choose? You can't pick and choose. No, they, they pick and choose all the time. Well, I know, but they you, can only they can, can't. Thousands of cases try to get into the Supreme Court. They only pick, you know. Well, yeah, they, but they pick the, the ones they don't want to. But the thought is, so, you know. There's some some folks, you know, some of the judges that dissented said, no, we don't we, we think that, that, that we don't want to take this case because we're anti-gun. We're horrible people. <laughs> but the swing votes, <laughs> the swing votes like uh, Roberts most likely uh, did not take this case because it, 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 there's too much. Uh, but then where does it go? There's too much hair on the deal. They basically said, hey, look, this isn't the perfect case to demonstrate the, the, that you have the right oh, to bear arms because they went back and they changed the law a little bit. Gotcha. So we don't want that mucking it up. We want a pure, perfect uh, case um, that So we can truly it. make a decision. That's the thought. That's the thought. So were they not going to look at or consider 10 different cases, I thought, just last week and uh, take a look and see what they might? Uh, look at next. Uh... So there were a number of 10 or 12 cases that were kind of halted because they were waiting for this New York case. 
You know, if the New York case was decided either way, really, it would have an impact on 10 or 12 cases that were kind of in a holding pattern. One, for example, has to do with the roster, the yes, pistol roster. Yes. California's got this ridiculous pistol roster. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you have to you, you have to take steps that are technologically unachievable in order to sell pistols in California. So that was kind of being held up. It's been heard and decided and appeals and et cetera, et cetera. That was being held up because everybody was waiting for this this case. So now 10 or 12 cases are going, hey, 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 all right, we, now we want our shot. We want to be the next case. And that's one of them I think has a really good shot of being the one where they could say, you know, definitively, because it's kind of got a little bit of, it's kind of got a little bit of everything. So the, so the court's still considering then and, and taking a look at those and seeing which ones they may or may not talk about next term. Is that right? There's, yeah, there's like 10 or 12 um, that have they've said, hey, we, want to, we need an answer on these. So there's 10 or 12 or so that are uh, uh, the Supreme Court is either going to give a thumbs up or a thumbs down to hearing, and then they'll hear it, and then they'll decide on it. So right now they're just 10 or 12 cases that they may or may not take. Um, what are some of the other? But the, the big one, honestly, that big one really is if, if, if they choose to, they could truly take that, um, the pistol case, the safe handgun roster case, and make a statement across the board. They could make a statement about assault weapons. They could make a statement about pistols, about semi-automatic, about, you know, your right to bear, the whole thing. And be it, done with it. And, and be done. They could, you know. It, it, that might be a little uncharacteristic of the Supreme Court, but, that, you know, I think it's got a real good shot of making it. Well, but it's gotten about to the point where they really need to do something, I think, because you, you've got this hodgepodge of, of anti-gun laws all around the country. Yeah. And if, I mean, if you're going to, yeah. if you're going to take the, uh, you know, the Constitution the way it's worded, you know, the Second Amendment, it says shall not, you know, infringe on that. And, I mean, all these laws infringe because, you know, if you look at these, I mean, if you want to be a, a sober, rational person, you know, take the emotion out and everything. If you look at these laws, very few of them have anything to do with public safety or reducing crime. They're, they have the intent of discouraging people from owning firearms. I mean, that, that's what they do. So you would think that, okay, at some point, the court's going to have to make some kind of bigger, you know, I'm going to say a blanket ruling, but a, a ruling that says, okay, you cannot do these things in all these different forms. They all infringe. So I don't well, know if that's, op- I, uh, if that's being optimistic or uh, it's, naive. It is. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, and, it, and it's why I don't. I don't know. It, it, I, I just lawsuits are, are crucial, um, but uh, we can't sit around and wait for them. It takes too long. You know, they they uh, the trick is that if the lawsuit goes in your favor. Then you try to make it like it, you know, make it appear to be the broadest decision that's ever been made. If it goes against you, then you make it look like it's the most narrow decision that's ever been made. Yeah, and I used to feel. I mean, I, and I've written uh, several articles about that that we should not be depending on the courts. Yeah. But you know, you get to a point where, you know, uh, I mean, are we going to you know fight every little goofy law that comes up in the seven backward states that yeah. tend to generate these laws? And it's like, you know, we both play the same game because the state comes out with, okay, some kind of nutty law like um, like our uh, the assault rifle ban yeah. in, or problem that we have out here. And then a whole bunch of innovative Americans work ways around it so that, oh, okay, well, it's not really an assault rifle if you do this or if you change that. And then they come back with, you know, another alteration. And, you know, this is going to, this just goes on and on. You know, it would be nice for the court to come out and just, you know, make, take a stand on this stuff. I agree. 
And a lot of people thought that stand was Heller versus DC, <laughs> you know, in 2008. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's so difficult and so complicated. Well, that's what I like. You know, do we have a constitution or do we not have a constitution? I mean, does, does <laughs> yeah. it say this or does it not say this? You know, it's. Um, well, that's why I'm saying you can't <laughs> pick and choose. I mean, if you want to, I mean, there are some frivolous ones that make no sense, but this is part of our Second Amendment rights. Well, if they, would, if they would come out and make a statement, they'd have a heck of a lot fewer things to pick and choose from. Sure. Uh, you know, they could have avoid this kind of stuff. I mean, just... Well, I, would, I do wish they'd hurry. I mean, I really do. And I, w- I hope Trump gets a couple more uh, picks. I, I hope that uh, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, you know, we should send her some uh, golf clubs. But well, we and, decides to pursue other opportunities. Yeah, that's how we that's used what to I'm say saying. We should send her some <laughs> golf clubs. Here you go. Take up a hobby. It's time to retire. Yeah. I don't know. Mixed martial arts looks good for me. But that's <laughs> another story. All right, hey, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Gun to Sports Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. This too shall pass. Adam Rizzo here from Palomar Solar and Roofing. With all the uncertainty going on, the only thing we know to be certain is that your electric bills are going to go up, especially with everyone being encouraged to stay home for who knows how long. And don't forget, the high summer bills are right around the corner. Palomar Solar and Roofing understands the social distancing concerns, and our consultants are ready and able to propose your system over the phone and by email. Take this extra time to get your solar and roofing questions answered by one of the most reputable names in the business. Even during these uncertain times, solar is one of the greatest investments you can make depending on the contractor you hire. Call the local name you can trust and find out why thousands of homeowners and well-known companies like Waxy and Goodwill San Diego have chosen Palomar Solar and Roofing. Call Palomar Solar and Roofing at 760-504-0388 or visit palomarsolar.com. That's 760-504-0388. Hey folks, this is DJ Carrot Sticks, the producer of The Andrea K Show. Like you, I'm confined to my home, spending time with my family. And the one thing we enjoy right now is watching uplifting movies that affirm our faith. With all the choices, what can you watch? I have the answer. Introducing Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, a documentary which presents convincing evidence that the biblical account of Exodus is true. Investigative filmmaker Tim Mahoney journeyed to Egypt, Israel, and throughout the world to search for the answers to the one very important question, did the stories like Exodus written in the Bible really happen. The results of his investigation are monumental. Right now, you can watch Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus. At home, go to PatternsofEvidence.com. That's PatternsofEvidence.com. Immediately following the movie, a panel moderated by Gretchen Carlson and featuring Dennis Prager, Eric McTaxis, and Anne Graham Lotz will provide further insight and commentary on the film. Watch Patterns of Evidence, The Exodus, and others in this series. Go to PatternsofEvidence.com. That's PatternsofEvidence.com. FM 96.1 North County and AM 1170 San Diego. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Sports Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Well, so what's the best defense for self-defense and those horrible new red flag laws? That would be firearms legal protection. Mike Lance, Joe, and I use them. Firearms Legal Protection is a legal defense program for lawful gun owners with a 24-7 emergency hotline and plans designed specifically for the firearms owner. Talk to the good folks at Firearms Legal Protection today. That's Firearms Legal Protection at Firearms Legal. 
com or give them a call at 469-310-9100, 469-310-9100, firearmslegal.com. Gun owners, be ready with a lawyer in your corner. Okay, this segment is brought to you by the good folks at the Gun Range San Diego, 7853 Balboa Avenue in San Diego. 10 to 10, seven days a week. Go to thegunrangesandiego.com, thegunrangesandiego.com. All right, looks like we got Jason on the line. Hey, Jason, how you doing, buddy? Doing fine, Dave. How about you? Living the dream. What's going on? Great, great, great. Uh, What's going on? What's going on? We got a lot of guns out. Uh, Got some new new variety. I'm sure a lot of people will be happy to hear. Got Armscore pistols, Springfield. Got some 1911s. XDs got a lot of new stuff now. Suns out, guns out. There you yep. go. Yep. How are how are delivering guns coming along? Is the Dros got its act you know, together? Uh, you know, uh, you know, not not quite yet. Um, some people are still waiting. Now we're starting to get into you know seventeen, eighteen, you know nineteen day territory. Mm-hmm. Some people are are they really are eight nine days past their their normal pickup time, and that is a a huge bummer to let yeah. them know, but. They've been very patient. They've been very, uh, they've been very understanding. Can they do anything uh, they about do. that? There's nothing they can do. We uh, we have to wait until we can, until they they told us that it's been you know, it's, the, the transaction's been processed and that they are approved for pickup. There's there's nothing that anybody can do. Nobody to complain we have to. Have to wait. Nope. The DOJ is uh we can't we can't call them because they've shut their their phones down. Uh, conveniently, so we can't we can't call ask any questions. There's nothing we can do but wait. How are the customers reacting to you guys? Are they are they understandably frustrated, but are they frustrated mm-hmm. with you guys, or do they understand what's going on? You know, the vast majority of them, they do understand. Uh, some of them, you know, of course, there's always going to be frustrated people, but uh, a lot of our, most of our customers are very understanding. They're very patient. They, they do understand. Uh, it is something that's happening over the whole state, and, you know, they all pretty much understand that. This is not this is not something that's exclusive to our store. It's it's everywhere. I, has the media picked up on this? I don't think the media really no, cares. I, I, I don't think they I don't think they want to say anything about it. Mm. <laughs> uh, I don't think they want to say anything about it. But um, they wouldn't be. It, it just I don't think it's it'd be very story worthy for the kind of things they usually put out. Mm-hmm. Um, True. <clears throat> Which is unfortunate, but I think that's I think that's the truth. Hmm. But uh, so, what, hmm. but you guys are still you're still doing um, the range is still open. What what are the limitations on the range? Well, we do have to have only we can only have half of our range open at any time. Uh, we can we have to limit to a certain number of people inside. Uh, every other lane is shut off to maintain proper social distancing. So we. Uh, it's every other lane shut off. We only have we only have half of our range open, which unfortunately pushes the wait times up uh, quite a bit. It doubles the wait time, but we got a lot of loyal customers here waiting outside just to shoot. So you can still buy guns, you can still buy ammo, you can still shoot guns mm-hmm. with your new ammo. Oh yeah, yep. We're still a still a fully functioning store. Just just have half of a range right now. Mm. Yeah, but at least you're open though. Yeah. Uh, some other ones aren't. <laughs> Yeah, a lot so, of yeah, not all the places to shoot unless you're going to go out to BLM. Hey, Jason, oh, yeah. how's your uh, yeah. how's the ammo supply? Are you guys having any problems getting ammo or at certain calibers or anything, or is it all um, readily available? You know, there you go. <laughs> yeah, pretty much everything is readily available. The only things that we're really running short on are the kind of the more oddball rounds. You know, three fifty seven Sig ten millimeter. 
six five Grendel stuff that there's only like a handful of people that that actually buy. And, and that's that, not anything like, normal. Yeah, that, I mean, that's not unusual, no, right? Not, that's no, that's 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 normal. We usually only have like one case of that at a time, anyways. But right. um, yeah, it's just we got plenty of nine mil, plenty of forty, plenty of forty five. 38, 357, 556, 308, and we got it all. Hey, did you see, here's a question. Did you see a yeah. bump in popularity of 357 SIG mm-hmm. in the last, uh, you know, since, uh, you know what I'm talking about? Since the Yeah, I, I did. I you, did see a small a small rise. Uh, you know, most people, most people don't even, you know, most people haven't heard of it. They don't know what it is. Uh, 357 SIG is one of the primary calibers used to protect the President of the United States since the 90s. They use a SIG P229 pistol. Um, that round, it's kind of like shooting 357 Magnum. It's uh, What it really is is a 40 caliber case next down to a 9mm, close to a 9mm bullet. Because of that, it's going very fast. These rounds go anywhere from like you know 13 to you know 16, 1700 rounds or rounds, uh, feet per second. Uh, that is a very, very fast laser flat shooting cartridge. It is a very nice round. But that's the, the guy. What's his name? Jack in Texas. Jack Thompson. Was that it? Jack? Oh, Wilson. Jack, Wilson. Yeah. Jack, Jack Wilson in Texas. Wilson. Oh, okay, that's it, right. wasn't that the caliber he used? You know, I'm not sure. I'm not, I, th- I'm not I think. Sure. Um, somebody, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure that was the caliber he used, and I saw a lot of comments of people going, "I haven't even, you know, heard of that." And uh, yeah, I, I, right. went, I was wondering if there was any kind of spike in popularity. Did people run out and get that because of that? I don't know. Uh, there's been a very small spike. Uh, we actually had some 357 SIG caliber Glocks for a time. Uh, they they sold out pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, you know, not, not a huge not a huge uptick. The round is kind of it's, it's definitely a more expensive round. It's a special round. Um, that and 10 millimeter. I actually am a big fan of 10 millimeter. That's a fun round. Uh, what do you why like is it a fun a, round? Yeah. Well, 10 millimeter is uh, the FBI used it in the 70s or 80s. Uh, remember Miami Vice? Yep. Remember uh, Miami Vice, that pistol? That's a Bren 10. That's a basically a 10 millimeter CZ clone. That round hits hard, hits fast. Uh, I got a nickname as a kind of a, like a one hitter quitter kind of thing. <laughs> um, just a real fun round. It's just a 40 caliber. 40 caliber actually came from that. It's just the same exact round, just with a little bit of the case cut down. Mm. But, uh, yeah, that's it's a 10 millimeters. Yeah, both those oddball rounds, they're 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 both fun. Just the ammo tends to be more expensive, and because they're not they're not terribly popular, you tend to not find the rounds. Uh, you tend to not you tend to have a hard time finding them in stores. So Sig's got a uh, has a uh, obviously has a. Uh-huh. 357 SIG. They're P yeah. what? P2? Uh, the 229. P229. Right. And then Glock. What's what's Glock's uh, 357 SIG? Uh, it's called a Glock 31, and the compact is a 32. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, those are those are models you don't you don't usually hear about. Uh, yeah, everybody hears about you know the 17, the 19, 26, uh, especially the 19. But yeah, those ones just not many people have them. Yeah. But they're good guns. They're great guns. You can even get conversion barrels. If you have a 357 SIG caliber Glock, you can actually get a conversion barrel to make it shoot 40 or 9 millimeter. And that, in that in that sense, you actually you effectively have two guns or even three guns uh, with one pistol. And I always thought that was a really neat feature. Jason, were you saying the uh, the 357 SIG is a more flatter shooting or a flatter trajectory round? It is. It is. It's like it's it's like shooting a laser out to maybe 80 or 100 yards. It's a very flat shooting. 
very flat shooting round because of its it's just it's a very high pressure round, so it tends to fly straighter. If you've ever stood off, uh, stood up to the side, watched somebody shoot, uh, say a forty-five, you can actually see the bullet move. It's actually a very slow round, fun to shoot, but it's a real slow round. It's got definite arc to it. Three point seven six is the opposite of that. It just shoots straight flat, just about. Okay, is the ten millimeter similar to that too, or no? Not as flat shooting, but it's it's pretty similar. Hmm. Interesting. The story yeah, I heard yeah, was it, after the Miami shootout in the 80s, uh, um, that's oh, yeah. when they developed, they started, They looked at a 10 millimeter and they said, ah, you know what, uh-huh. we're FBI agents, we're all attorneys and CPAs really, and our hands are soft, so kick. that's a little too yeah, much kick. Lit. And so they, uh, yeah. th- that's when they came up with the, with the 40. Is that, is that accurate? Is that, is that what, have you heard that uh, progression as well? Somewhat, you know, there's, there's a lot of theories. I'm sure, I'm sure it's a whole multitude of things. You know, I'm sure it's a multifaceted sort of thing going on there but i'm definitely i'm very sure that that's probably one of the major reasons why they cut down the 10 millimeter and you know they marketed it as and they came out in 1990 uh, 40 caliber smith and wesson and that's mm. what it is it does still kick still snappier a little bit um 10 millimeter is definitely a, a it's basically like a magnum route it, it kicks does kick quite a bit so people do get worn out uh, it's almost like shooting. It's kind of like shooting 357 with a little more bang. Um, 40 cal is still snappy, uh, definitely snappier than nine. 40 actually, 40 actually kicks a tiny bit more than 45 because it's a higher pressure round, even though it's a smaller bullet than a 45. Um, but because of that, you know, modern times you definitely don't hear about as many people shooting 40 just because the nine millimeter round has has progressed. Um, it's just constantly being improved. Technology for nine millimeter is such that there are there are nine millimeter rounds now that that uh, they perform like a three fifty seven magnum almost. Jeez. All right, buddy. Hey, well, it's always good talking to you. I know yeah. you're busy, so we'll let you get back at it. You'll be there till ten o'clock. There'll be a little bit of a line, folks, but don't worry. Once you get in there, you'll have all the fun you can imagine at the Gun Range San Diego at seventy eight fifty three Balboa Avenue. All right, Jason. Take care. Be safe, and we'll talk to you next week. You too, All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break, but don't forget, don't leave. There's another hour coming, and it's got more than the first hour on FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.